A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Eureka, the show that gets under the skin of science as we invite a new expert every week to help us answer one of science's most interesting questions. Isaac Asimov once said, the most exciting phrase in science is not Eureka, but that's funny. And what we think is you can have a bit of both. I'm Rick Edwards. And I'm Dr. Michael Brooks. So we're doing sleep this week. Interesting yep. question. Uh, can't help but think that maybe it's a, a breakfast presenter who's getting up at 5am and looking for some answers. I wish I was getting up at 5am. Do you know what time my alarm goes off every day? Go on. 3.45am. Oh! That's, to me, I don't even think that's that's the morning. That's, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not. Night. It's not. It's but night. It almost makes me want to set an alarm for 3.45 just to wake up and think, <laughs> Rick has to get up and now then go back to sleep. and go back to sleep. Which well, I wouldn't, obviously. Which I'd then lie awake, so I'm not going to do that. So do do that. <laughs> yeah. And then toss and turn and be furious. <laughs> it's, um, it's horrible. I, I'd sort of assumed that I would, I'd get used to it. And um, there's no sign of that yet. I'm sort of really? four, yeah, four months in. Yeah, that's long enough, isn't it, that you should be sort of yeah, habituated yeah. now. But the, the start of the week is always absolutely horrendous. And what's Friday like? Friday, Fridays, it sort of, it gets better through the week because basically I just get more and more knackered. Yeah. And so it is easier to sleep. Right. Uh, uh, earlier. And then um, Saturday? Well, then Saturday's a mess because I'm trying to sort of have a normal life at the weekend. <laughs> but you, you, well, we'll talk about all of this, but my, <laughs> my, my rhythms are sort of set to something awful during the week and then I try and reset back to normal, and then I've got to go back to the awful, and it just, you know, my, my body doesn't know what's going on. I'm weeping for you, Rick. The, the only thing my body knows <laughs> is it doesn't like it. Yeah, yeah. It hates it. <laughs> some of us count sheep, some of us use meditation apps. So just lying down, we're going to focus the attention on the different parts of the body. Some of us listen to a boring podcast, like uh, Infinite Monkey Cage, say. <laughs> but getting to sleep isn't always easy. And unfortunately, as I've been learning the hard way recently, it is essential. It's as important to our bodies as eating, drinking and breathing, and is vital for maintaining good mental and physical health. It offers the body a chance to recover from the wear and tear of daily life. It facilitates learning and memory and plays a fundamental role in immune function. The reason I like sleep is because uh, if you can get one hour more, it dramatically affects cancer rates, high blood pressure rates. Listen, 30% less chance of being hypertensive if you get one extra hour of sleep. Hypertension is the number one ager of all. Yet even if we acknowledge the importance of sleep and we want to drift off each night for a full eight hours, 
many of us can't. An increasing number of us, in fact, myself included, which is why we're asking today's question, please, for the love of God, how can I get myself to sleep? So who have we, uh, we got to answer what seems to be life's most important question? To me, it's definitely life's most important question. <laughs> I don't know if it generally is. Um, but today we chatted to the extremely insightful Dr. Maya Shadell. Uh, Dr. Meyer is a clinical psychologist. She's got a specialism in insomnia, sleep difficulties and trauma. She currently holds an NHS position in the Sleep Disorder Centre. Uh, my little ears pricked up at that. I'll tell you. <laughs> at Guy's and St. Thomas's NHS Foundation Trust. That's one of the UK's leading sleep medicine centres. She's also one of the doctors at the Good Sleep Clinic, again, my little ears pricking up, who believe that an evidence-based approach to treating insomnia is the most effective route to rediscovering good quality sleep and improved well-being. Perfect. It is actually. I mean, I don't want this episode to just feel like um, a sort of personal hour. project, <laughs> uh, but but it is essentially. <laughs> you don't need to listen, really. Rick's just doing this for himself. I, I think I think it's interesting, but yes, I'm I'm not doing this for the audience particularly. <laughs> I am very interested myself. Um, but the first thing that I put to Dr. Meyer was this: Why, if I know I have to be up at three forty-five a.m., which I do, is it so difficult for me to get an early night? There's this concept that we use in sleep work, which is understanding how we build up a kind of need to sleep. We call it sleep pressure or sleep drive. And if you think of it, it's almost like a beaker of sleep fuel that builds up in the day. So as soon as you wake up in the morning, your body is producing this byproduct in the brain called adenosine. And that just builds up and builds up and builds up. And then by the end of the night, the end of the day, you should have enough adenosine that means that you're tired enough to fall asleep naturally and to stay asleep for the whole night. Now, there are certain things we need to get as much sleep fuel or sleep pressure as we can. Um, So, for example, the more physical activity you do, that really helps build up sleep pressure. The more cognitive stimulation you have, so, you know, whether or not that's working or studying or engaging with, with friends... And also just being awake for long enough in the day. So if you normally wake at 7 and you go to bed at 11, if you get an early night and you go to bed at 10 o'clock, you're missing out on a key hour that you had to build up sleep fuel. So if you're missing out on that hour, that means that when you go to bed, you may just not have built up quite enough sleep pressure to fall asleep as easily as you would have done normally. And that means that you can be actually making it slightly harder for yourself to fall asleep. So there's a bit of a word of warning with the, the whole early night. You're so, bringing it on yourself, aren't you? Um, well, I don't think I am because I'm getting up at 3.45. It's not like I'm. there's no one who's saying I'm not up for long enough. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> what time do you go to bed then? I have to go to bed at about sort of 7.30, 8. Like, uh, like, so like a child. Yes. But also I've been doing it in the winter when at least it's been dark. And now it's going to get oh, increasingly Everyone hard. else is just going out to the pub or something. Yeah. And you're going to bed. Yeah. Are you getting enough like cognitive cognitive stimulation? I, th- I think that I am getting. Physical um, exercise? Mm, yeah, even that. I think it's just uh, I'm having to reset my circadian rhythms. Yeah. So so let, let's talk a bit about the sort of the science of sleep. Um, and the first thing 
when I started reading about this, that you realise is we don't know as much as I thought that we would about sleep. It's a bit more mysterious and there's more, much more research that needs to be done into it. We've got right. a handle on some stuff, but there's still stuff that we don't quite get. Broadly speaking, there are two factors that kind of regulate our sleep. So there's homeostatic process, which is essentially what uh, Dr. Meyer was just talking about there, which is the longer that you're awake, the sleepier you, you get. And essentially that's because you're, you're expending energy. And you, and you need a reset. And then in tandem with that, there's the, the sort of circadian rhythms, which are more kind of clock-like, and they mean that you're just more likely to be sleepy at certain times of day. Um, and they're related to light and well, and, and darkness. Mm. Um, and so you'll be sleepiest between, I think it's between 2 and 4 a.m., um, a.k.a. <laughs> oh, <laughs> guess who's getting up? Uh, and uh, And also between 1 and 3. And right. that's just, and so circadian just means anything that's sort of uh, on a 24-hour Do you mean cycle. one and three in the afternoon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so between one and three Nap in the afternoon. Time, which as I call actually, it. yeah, which actually explains that, you know, people often talk about food coma yeah. when you've had lunch. And, yeah. and it, the, there might be something in that, but it's also definitely something to do with circadian rhythm where it just happens that that coincides with your after your lunch time. Yeah, so it's always the worst slot if you're speaking at a conference or something just oh, after awful. lunch. Yeah. You know what I mean, and, and well, everybody's just asleep. Everyone's asleep. You're basically asleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm no. talking about physics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you weren't sleepy before, <laughs> wait until you get a load of this guy talking about quantum. <laughs> um, so, so you've got these, yeah, these two factors sort of working alongside each other. And the first one, which is the, the homeostatic one, is all about, yeah, energy and, and and repair effectively, and so um, ATP is a is a molecule that is people refer to it as sort of energy currency. It's just a thing that stores and transfers energy in the body. And when ATP breaks down, once it's been used, it breaks down into adenosine. And so the more energy that you use through the day, the more adenosine builds up and what that does is it sort of induces a, a sleep state and the way that it does that is it just binds to receptors in, in in your brain two different types of receptors it suppresses the activity of a sort of of a neuron that's like telling you to wake up and be and be right. active and then it activates these kind of sleep activation neurons so it does these these two things and it makes you it makes you want to fall asleep when you've got a certain amount of uh, adenosine build up in in the brain and so it's kind of like a, a feedback mechanism because a ma- major function of sleep really is conserving energy rebuilding energy stores and repair and then when you're sleeping you break down the adenosine and then the cycle just starts again right yeah okay. um, so you've sort of got the your your energy ATP levels sort of going down through the day and and as that's happening adenosine levels are rising up and then eventually you get the point where you need to go to sleep and then it all just sort of resets and starts again. Or in your case, doesn't quite reset. Doesn't, yes, doesn't quite reset. And it's really interesting to look at what caffeine does. So caffeine is probably the most popular drug, arguably, in, in the West. And lots of people have a mild physical dependence on it. It's not especially good for you, but caffeine is a very similar molecule to adenosine it's in the same it's in the same family okay and so what makes sense what it does is it competes with adenosine to bind to these receptors yeah it doesn't activate the receptors though so it will bind to the 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 second type of receptor that activates your 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 sleep and tells you you want to sleep 
but doesn't it just blocks the adenosine yeah. to, to getting there so you don't feel like you need to go to sleep that's effectively yeah. what, what caffeine is doing and then it also can block off binding to the other receptors which are the ones that tell you to to wake up yeah so it's kind of interfering ultimately with your adenosine levels particularly if you try and if you if you if you have caffeine before bed or whatever is that, do you find that? Because, I mean, I don't know whether you use a lot of caffeine. I, I drink a lot of coffee. I, yeah, I, I think I've well, become yeah. a little bit immune to its effects now. Except if I try to not drink coffee when I get the most hideous headache. Yeah, I get a headache. Yeah, so yeah, I, I've yeah. got that mild dependency for sure. But it doesn't Same. kick me into any kind of... You know, people talk about getting the jitters if they have too much caffeine. It's just, I literally can't go through a day without having you know enough yeah no i'm 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 exactly the same i think we've both got a mild dependence i also think yeah. it's not really having much of an effect because what your brain is doing is actually just developing more receptors <laughs> that's that's its its response to it Bastard so brain yeah so <laughs> you can't you can't get around it but what's really um interesting is that if you think about taking a load of drinking a load of coffee or whatever taking in caffeine before you go to bed and that um blocks adenosine from binding to receptors so you've got a load of adenosine sort of floating around more than you would normally have yeah and you're when you're asleep you don't get rid of it all so when you wake up you feel more groggy and you still feel tired because oh, no. you've got a surplus of, uh, of of adenosine and then what you do is you drink, drink more, more you drink more caffeine <laughs> and then you're in this horrible sort of downward spiral that is my life yeah because you're i need to cut down on coffee yeah, yeah, but you you do, you don't want to go cold turkey. No. You do it gradually, ideally. Yeah, um, I mean, it's not going to happen. I've been saying this for twenty years now, so you know, yeah, I think it's probably, probably not just accept. But yeah, I was horrified the first time I, uh, I can't remember why it was, but I, I didn't have caffeine for a few days, and I and I was getting these awful headaches. Yeah, um, and I had no idea because I used to just drink a lot of tea, but tea has a fair amount of caffeine in it as well. Yeah. Yeah, nasty business. And and caffeine, you know, outside of the brain, um, isn't isn't particularly good for you either. So it increases dehydration, it increases your heart rate, does inhibit hunger hormones, apparently, which adenosine also does. Um, so it can make you less hungry, which is why some people almost have it. That kind of awful, like stick thin Parisian model vibe of like yeah. just have cigarettes and coffee. Yeah. Um that there is some some basis. It's like you're why, describing why my works. look today, by the yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. Well you are wearing a sort of Breton t shirt, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. that is I think where it stops. Um so if we actually look at sleep itself, there's a sleep cycle. Um so there's there's four stages and you cycle through those four stages a, a number of times a, a, every night. Um, and so the first stage is your your heart rate is decreasing, uh, your your breathing rate is decreasing, your muscles are your muscles are relaxing. You might be a little bit twitchy. You probably recognise that. That's the feeling of when you're falling asleep initially. Right. Um, and then the second stage of sleep, your body temperature has, has fallen even further. Your heart rate is right down breathing rate is right down and then the third stage is deep sleep and this is where eye movement stops and this is a, a, a key part of uh, when your when your body is re repairing and, and dna is being repaired um, through the body then you go into rem sleep which is rapid eye movement um, this is when you'll be dreaming your breathing uh, rate increases heart rate increases blood pressure it's quite similar to when you're waking, actually. Um, and this is what's called uh, sort of active sleep. Yeah, yeah. And then you just go back through back through the cycle again. That's a kind of healthy sleep cycle. Does your cat dream? Cycle. 
I think so. She definitely sort of twitches sometimes. Yeah. I and mean, we sometimes I mean, see Raffi like asleep on the sofa and she's just going through like a whole like clearly on a rabbit hunt in a dream mm, or something. Mm. And you're like almost like scurrying paws, but just like lying on her side doing nothing. But do you think it's, it's incredible that, to watch? Or she's in um sort of stage one sleep where her muscles are just twitching a bit no no she i mean you can recognize the movements literally as like oh, oh you know sort of yeah. digging away or, or something like that it's mm. definitely definitely in hunting mode all right so for all your sleep problems though you're not one of the people we describe as an insomniac are you no 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 so in, insomnia is a much more serious condition like loads of people have sleep problems that's incredible incredibly common actually i think 30 percent of the sort of general population mm. have some kind of sleep issue. But insomnia is is worse. And I actually asked Dr. Meyer to define it and explain it to us. Insomnia is when you either struggle to fall asleep or you struggle to stay asleep for three nights a week over the course of three months. That's the, the kind of clinical definition. But we find that actually people have insomnia at various points in their life one of the things that people find with insomnia is that although there may have been an initial trigger to why they didn't sleep very well so we may all know what it's like that if you're stressed about an exam or uh, maybe a job interview or something you're doing the next day um, that could impact on your sleep and that's a really really normal occurrence we wouldn't think of that as an issue but what tends to happen with insomnia is that over time, we start to then worry about the, the not sleeping. Like actually, then you start to develop a fear of not falling asleep easily. So you might get into bed and you might start to feel anxious and you might start to feel worried that I'm not going to sleep and then I'm going to be really tired tomorrow and I won't be on form. And that worry in itself then becomes the problem. And then that's what then sort of perpetuates the whole thing it just keeps it going and so people can end up with insomnia that lasts for for months and years so I, I see people with a range of insomnia sometimes people are struggling to sleep just for a few months but I see people who've struggled to sleep for most of their lives um, and that's just totally devastating and disabling so people understandably are completely exhausted and and tired of the whole thing to me, that's absolute torture. You know, I, mean, I just love, I love the idea of just going to sleep mm. and sleeping through the night. And, and yeah, it's, it's kind of one of the best things that ever happens to you, isn't it? Yeah. And it's really good for you. Like you really do need sleep. And interesting, you mentioned torture because you will be fairly unsurprised, I think, to hear that even in the wake of kind of um, trying to address the various ethical um, problems of their advanced interrogation techniques <laughs> right. the US government yeah. are st they still use sleep deprivation so they've got rid of a lot of like the, the waterboarding and stuff but sleep deprivation is still that's still in um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so that's I think the what they've agreed on is you have to let a prisoner have four hours sleep um, every 24 hours but they don't need more than that so you can keep them awake for 20 wow. hours and that is given that Adults need between seven and eight hours sleep. That everyone, pretty yeah. much, and that's how you break someone. Yeah, yeah, because they're gradually going to deteriorate. Horrible. 
yeah. really, really horrible. Yeah. And but actually, that must happen to people, again, who are just insomniacs. Yeah, you, you don't need yeah. to be in Guantanamo for that <laughs> yeah, to happen. Exactly. You, you probably feel like you're in Guantanamo. Yeah. But the, the, the negative impacts of not getting any, any sleep and insomnia are, are so far-reaching and and far-ranging like it, it, it's horrible so it increases your risk of stroke um illness generally um it can even kill you ultimately it can affect your your hormone balance um it affects learning that your capacity to learn it affects your memory it affects your mood it affects your your reaction time all of this stuff that you you probably just instinctively know because when if you don't get a good night's sleep for some reason, you feel sluggish and yeah. you know, like you, you just every, nothing's quite. You feel like you're in a bit of a yeah. Fog, you're not on it, are you? Effectively, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, it could increase uh, inflammation. You can start um, hallucinating. Uh, it increases your blood pressure. Um, it's been linked to diabetes. It's been linked to obesity. Um, it's really great. Like, it's, yeah. it's really okay. it's, it's 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 awful. Um, the other thing about insomnia is it's also associated with other sort of diagnosable psychiatric disorders, particularly depression and anxiety. So if you look at the the sort of in in the general population, maybe sixteen percent, which is still quite high, of people will have some form of psychological disorder. In insomniacs, it's forty percent, oh, um, wow. and so yeah, depression is is, is the main one. Um, it, it it and when people look at it sort of across the board, it seems to decrease your quality of life on virtually every dimension. Yeah. So you'll experience more pain. Your general health will be less good. Your vitality, sort of self-reporting, will be worse. Your social functioning is worse. Your mental health is worse. So across anything, sort of emotional, physical, social, um, your your job performance will be worse. Your you, you'll probably miss more work. You're more prone to accidents. Like it's just like you just are, are functioning badly on pretty much every metric <laughs> right. you, you care to choose. And the worse. The worst possible um, case, and I don't know why I'm laughing really, I genuinely shouldn't be, is called fatal familial in- insomnia. And this is genetic, and, and it's just you have an abnormal variant of a, it's, it's one of these prion-related genes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's incurable, and it just leads to permanent wakefulness. You cannot, you cannot sleep, and it leads to dementia and, and, and ultimately death. Wow. Yeah. Is that yeah. common? No, it's not. Thankfully, but if you've if you've got it, you've got it, and you're passing it on. Probably, yeah. Yikes! Yeah, not good. Oh, not this is, good. So okay, so this has all gone quite dark. Um, it has, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. it just is quite dark. <laughs> I mean, ironically, it's making me feel slightly better about the fact that you know I'm not getting as much sleep as I'd like. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I hope we're not keeping anyone awake with this with this yeah. <laughs> this episode. Um, I mean, I, I don't have a huge problem sleeping. I, I fall asleep really easily. Sometimes if I've got a lot on my mind, I wake up sort of at four in the morning or something. And then, you know, if I've been awake a while, then I'll just get up and read and then I'll go back to sleep again. and It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, are there quick fixes that we can offer our listeners? Well, <laughs> we, did, we did ask uh, Dr. Meyer about one uh, very interesting piece of research. There was a study back in 2019 that looked at this, although having said that, it was a self-report study. So this is not something that's been measured in the lab from what I can see, although I might have missed one. But generally, 
people do report that they sleep better and they fall asleep quicker if they have either masturbated or they have had sex that's led to orgasm and the orgasm is the important part apparently for both partners so generally sleep gets better if both partners have orgasm that's definitely something that came out of that study and masturbation was also uh, seen to be helpful as well it's not something that we prescribe but we definitely do talk to people when they ask us you know and they say that actually i feel really relaxed after i have sex that really helps then of course that's going to help there is also we think there might be something to do with the fact that you know during sex your heart rate is accelerated is is up and as as soon as you stop having sex you have this kind of really quick deceleration of your heart rate and that's likely to be helpful Uh, it also is uh, likely to be helpful because of your muscles relaxing afterwards which again which is what we need but I imagine that there's something that's a bit more difficult to measure which might be about the psychological impact of sex which is about often people feel closer together they feel uh, that they have connected with someone and I imagine that that feeling in itself is likely to contribute to why people find that they fall asleep quicker um, and that they have a better sleep that they might just be feeling generally more relaxed and happy in themselves and in their relationship (laughs) So, uh, <laughs> so, 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 so you've been married. You've been you've been married a few years now, Rick. Is there is there everything all right? You know. Well, the 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 key thing here is, of course, I am living up in Manchester during the week on my own. Um, so the only conclusion is, I am going to be wanking myself silly <laughs> every night. <laughs> In, in, in the name of science, strangely, lube sales in Manchester have gone through the yeah. roof. When, um, yeah, when Doctor Meyer said we don't prescribe it, all I heard was that is what I'm prescribing. <laughs> uh, but it's sort of like it makes sense because anecdotally, like the cliche is when men have sex, yeah, and then they just start snoring. They roll over and they go to sleep. Yeah, um, obviously not in, I mean, uh, not in our case. Uh, no, I think I think I think I might do, but, um, but there's not when these these studies that have looked at it, there's actually not a there's not a gender difference. So oh. I think so. My take on this is probably I mean it's awful. It's probably just that <laughs> when men have sex, almost every time they will orgasm, and that's not the case for women. Oh I think yes, that that would probably that does make sense actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, but ultimately, it's the, it's the orgasm that is key. It doesn't really matter how you get there. The, how, how you get there. Um, so good to so, know. So yeah, it's no, it's very interesting for me to know that actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's some, there's some other. I'm gonna, I'm gonna text you at five to eight. And just put you off every night. <laughs> oh, don't do that. <laughs> text me a photo of your horrible face. <laughs> But yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. I've definitely um well I'll look into it, won't I? There's some there's some other quite funny studies around uh, uh your sleeping companions. I think this is self-reported. So you know, self-reported stuff, you always have to you bear in mind it's not as rigorous as it might yeah, be. Yeah, people can brag. Yeah, people people can brag, people can sort of say what they think you want to hear, right kind of stuff. Yeah. But anyway, they spoke to I think it was nearly a thousand women. Um, and and it turns out that their preferred bedfellow would be a dog. So they feel like a <laughs> wow. dog is a better sort of sleeping companion than a man. 
I reckon it's because dogs are just sort of they they'll sleep when 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 you sleep. They're not gonna they're not gonna be keeping different hours to you particularly. If, you, yeah. if you're going to sleep, then then the dog is happy to do that. Whereas if if you think about a, like your human partner, they might get to bed later than you. They might be getting up earlier than you. So it's just a bit more disruptive. They might be thrashing around more, snoring louder, uh, snoring louder. Although I think dogs probably snore. They as do well. a little bit, but um, not not like not like I can. No, sure, uh, cats also not as good. Uh, so it's definitely dogs. So dogs are the preferred. Uh, sleep companion. I wonder for, if there's an element of feeling safe and protected as well. Possibly. Because you're not going to get that from a cow. Not really. Burger you... comes in, the cat's just like, I'm out. Yeah. Well, no, the cats are not doing anything. The cat's just sort of <laughs> sitting there and watching. It's not even, it's not even vaguely phased. Like, well, you're not, I don't have any belongings, so take what you want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. If he, if he, actually, if he takes my food bowl, there's going to be trouble. But apart from that. Okay, we'll take a quick break now, but we'll be back after this to discuss how technology might be changing the way we sleep, whether taking hormone supplements can help with your sleep cycle. And of course, we'll be hearing Dr. Maya Shadell's answer to this week's question, how can I get myself to sleep? A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, so um, masturbatory tools aside, mm-hmm. are there any exciting technologies that are going to help us to sleep? Well, that's a question that we, we put to Dr. Maya. Can we supplement ourselves or use some kind of technology to aid the sleep process. I've actually found that the increase in technology has actually made sleep worse. So I would say that I'm yet to find something that doesn't make me actually slightly nervous. So I would say the first thing that people 
often say when they come to the clinic room is I've been wearing this tracker and I've seen that I'm not getting a really good deep sleep that I need to be getting and it's really worrying me and now I really want to improve on my deep sleep and I would say were you sleeping all right before the tracker and they'd say yeah okay yeah not bad um and actually I'd suggest that the tracker I think sometimes makes people more anxious and more focused on sleep when and that can be a bad thing sometimes. So I do think that there's a real warning about technology actually with sleep. The problem is, is that, like I said, sleep is as much a psychological issue as it is a physiological issue. So whereas people are really trying to find a, a physical problem with their sleep, why is it that I'm sleeping like this? Is it because there's something physically wrong with my body? I would say that just so much of the time there is a psychologist to do with our psychology. And so if you put a tracking device on your wrist, that then when you check in the morning, it says actually you, you didn't sleep as well as you thought. Of course, that's going to fill us with anxiety and, and, and worry and disappointment and frustration. So I would say that I'm not yet finding technology that helpful with insomnia. Um, in terms of the supplements, we get asked that a lot. And I would say that there's still really ropey evidence with a lot of the supplements. So I wouldn't be recommending and I wouldn't be recommending them anyway. Sometimes people ask about CBD. And I would say, again, there's evidence that's coming out that might suggest that in the future, that might be something that people consider because it might be improving anxiety. But I would, to be honest, I wouldn't be recommending that now because the evidence is just not there. And it, there needs to be so much more. And also, you know, I'm a I'm a psychologist, so I, I'm very much focused on how we can improve our thinking and our behavior to help our sleep. Ah, well, so this is great news for me because Philippa is obsessed with tracking her sleep with mm. a Fitbit every morning almost. It's like, oh, 87, could do better. It's mm. like it's a competition, right? And Millie's got one as well. So, so it's like, you know, sometimes they're texting each other saying, how well did you sleep? Well, I got a 91. It's like... It's not a competition, is it? But if, I mean, yeah, the question is, does does it help? Like, if it was helping, great. But I suspect that as... No, Dr. it's literally just saying, tracking it, isn't it? That's, and then making no, you I mean, think, oh, I didn't sleep that well last night. Must try harder tonight. Yeah, or just making you anxious. Yeah. Because you think you haven't got... You, you kind of wake up and feel okay that you look at your sleep tracker and it says, actually, you didn't sleep very well. And you're like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. I get oh, okay, that quite fine. a few mornings. That it's like, oh, no, it's all gone yeah. wrong. It's like, like well, yeah, how, how do, do you, you feel? feel, though? How do you feel before you look at the tracker? Um, so what I've been doing for, well, yeah, the four months I've been getting up at 3.45am is taking melatonin. Oh. And entirely self-prescribed i just sort of thought uh yeah i reckon i know enough about this that this will this will help yeah and so what melatonin's role melatonin is naturally occurring. it's not like you to think you know enough about this no, medical issue to just sort yourself out <laughs> it's classic um so uh melatonin is naturally occurring and it's and it is involved in the in the circadian rhythms uh, and effectively you get you build up more and more melatonin uh, as there's less and less light and it's all controlled uh, by this that tiny little bit of the brain called the suprachiasmatic nucleus which I'll be honest I had never heard of um, and it controls your the level of production of of melatonin and it's sensitive to darkness and and, and light signals yeah um, and so. 
and it's cited regularly as a as a as a as a regulator of of your circadian rhythms, um, produced by a, a gland in 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 the brain, and so you you get to a certain level, uh, and like I say, it's working alongside adenosine and and other um, and other processes that we're not quite so familiar with, I think, um, and it, it, its levels just rise until you get to a point in the evening when um, when it's time to sleep, and then in the and then it sort of will peak in the early hours, so when it's been dark for, for a long time, and then gradually it declines in, in daylight. Um, and so I thought, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm trying to change my circadian rhythm, so I'll do that by kind of jump-starting it with with some melatonin yeah. tablets. So I take one um, dose of melatonin. I've And I, <laughs> this is a great thing. There's there's a whole, you can, when I go on the site that I get it from, there's like five different strengths yeah. that you can take dosages. And I'm just like, I have got no idea. So I'm just picking one at random. I mean, I've just gone in the middle. Uh, <laughs> no idea. Have you no not been idea. tempted to try other doses like go up? I did. I t- but then I, I, I'm sure it's so psychosomatic. Yeah. I'm sure it is because, yeah, when I have tried the weaker one, I was like, well, no, I don't feel asleepy. <laughs> I mean, is that right? I just don't know. And... Then I did some reading about it, um, and uh, some people have looked across <laughs> like thirty-five um, randomized control trials, which is a decent number, yeah. and they can only see a very, very weak recommendation for using melatonin like that. To and it, it seems to work a little bit for jet lag, yeah, which again is sort of resetting your 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 right. phase of your sleep cycle, I suppose. It can improve insomnia a little bit and it and it can help with initiating sleep, which is actually what I what I need it for. But it says it's very weak and they won't give any recommendations for use in shift workers, which would have been what I thought. This is sort of what I am really, because yeah. I'm trying to go from one pattern to another pattern for a little while yeah. and back to the other pattern. Um, I have to say, I mean, I've doesn't... used melatonin a few times. Well, yeah, a few times for jet lag and I never yeah. found it really did anything. And then mm. you suggested mm. I use it, you know, when I broke my arm and I couldn't sleep yeah. because of the yeah. pain. Yeah. And um, Oh, I push it on everyone. <laughs> and, and you were selling me a markup, I find out as well. Yeah, yeah so, that's right, yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But again, didn't really do anything for me at all. So um, maybe I'm just not using the right dose, I don't know. But I did an experiment this week having done done my reading and, f- and found right. out that the evidence for melatonin use was weak at best um and and just stopped just just stopped using it also yeah. the other thing is you can like with anything you, you your brain just adapts your brain adapts to everything so if you just keep taking melatonin it just gets used to that and so then you you would probably if i was properly prescribing it, which i'm not i'd probably need to be upping my yeah, dosage yeah. and i don't want to be doing that um and uh, so I just stopped taking it. Uh, hasn't made a, a, a blind bit of difference. Oh, I think we have so, our result, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's it. I'm not going to take melatonin anymore. Yeah. I mean, even and even when you know you've stopped taking it, so yeah. there's kind of a placebo yeah, yeah, effect there. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. All right. So there's basically no way of cheating our psychology with with tech or with supplements. Not. Not. Not really, no. And there's so much, there are so many supplements out there. There was one, I was just looking online, um, and most of them, in fairness, supplement regulation, I think, in, in this country is is a bit better. But in America, it's an absolute free-for-all. Yeah. So in America... <laughs> Land of I mean, the free. I mean, they're, yeah, their drug regulations aren't great, but their supplements, they're not judged by the, by the, the drug criteria. They're judged like foodstuffs. Um, yeah, and so yeah. instead of um, so to to get a supplement taken off the shelves in America, you have to prove that it's 
dangerous as opposed to the the, the company <laughs> coming in and saying we've proved that this is safe so they can make just, claims they can make it they can make claims and as long as it's not killing anyone you're basically fine yeah and uh, and there's lots of examples where that the whatever the name of the product is isn't actually in there like it's it really feels like the wild west um and and that's exactly the kind of sites that I'm getting my melatonin from. <laughs> uh, but it was one that that really <laughs> that caught my eye. I just thought I'd uh, I'd read out its name to you. So this uh, will cost you um, about ten pounds, I think. Or you can get it, buy it in bulk. Uh, and it's called uh, Super Strong Melatonin Weight Loss Products Fat Burner Sleeping Pills Burn Flat <laughs> Fat Slim and Reduce Appetite Night Beauty Health. <laughs> and I saw we that. We have got you covered. And, and I immediately thought of you. I was like, yeah, I think Brooks could do with this. <laughs> um, but as you know, because it's such a big issue, because thirty percent of the I think well certainly in America and I think it's like general population have some kind of sleep impediment, sleep deprivation, not to the extent of insomnia, but it's really on people's minds. People know that it makes them feel bad, so people are out there looking for ways to try and uh, to, to try and help themselves. And we get told, um, don't we, that you know if you sleep better, you live longer, you know. So and everybody wants that, so it's like yeah, yeah sleep not is sure. everything. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure about that. I'm. I'm happy with not living longer. Um, I just want to be well rested when I am alive. <laughs> that's that's my thing. I want to go to my coffin without bags under yeah, my eyes. Right. Yeah. I want to, I want to look good in the coffin. <laughs> <laughs> and that, frankly, is feeling unlikely at the moment. So I finished off by asking Dr. Meyer, "How can I get myself to sleep?" The thing that I usually tell people to do is to increase their physical activity. So actually exercising more or moving around more has a massive impact on your sleep. And this is why the pandemic was so difficult for people's sleep, because whereas we'd normally be walking to the bus stop or the train uh, or walking up a flight of stairs to get to the office, we were then going just back and forth from our study to our kitchen. And that had a massive impact on our sleep pressure. So I would always say to increase on our physical activity. So what Dr. Meyer is really talking about there is quite, I think it's quite common sense stuff. There was this movement called sleep hygiene. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think started in the, in, in the sort of 60s and 70s. And it was to treat insomnia. And to be fair, there's very limited evidence that it works to treat insomnia because insomnia is a much more serious condition. And actually, if you are an insomniac and you're listening, you want to get um, CBT specifically for insomnia. That that appears to work. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so cognitive behavioural therapy. That that that's the thing to do. Sleep hygiene probably not gonna help you. But it's all to me. I'm just like it's really obvious stuff, and it does help if you're just having sort of minor sleep issues. But it's it's things like, as Dr. Meyer was saying, just exercise regularly. So use up, I mean, you literally think about what we were talking yeah. about right at the start about adenosine. Use up more energy, produce more adenosine, and gradually you will get to a level where you will be tired and you want to get to sleep. Then, like, make sure that your, your bedroom is quiet and, and, really, and really dark. And don't use, um, don't use your bed for anything except sleeping and then obviously for me wanking uh, or if you prefer if if, if you live with someone uh, then then sex by all means what about uh, phones do you have phone in the bedroom you must do, I uh, do. yes I do but I have a um, uh, like a setting on my phone so it, it goes 
it switches from sort of a lot of blue light to, I guess, yellowy light. Yeah. Because okay. blue light, again, interferes with your melatonin production, which you've probably heard Does that. that affect watching the porn or not? Uh, well, actually, do you know what? Interesting, interesting fact about me. I can't really get on with porn. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. I mean, this is not, this is not really a time to have the discussion but it, just, <laughs> it really uh, isn't yeah yeah i just I, I i find i spend too much time thinking about the sort of the misery of <laughs> of the uh the people who are doing it for some reason i don't find that a turn on you can know. get ethical porn you know yeah that's interesting maybe i should try that yeah um yeah the, the stuff that i've seen d- definitely doesn't feel ethical um <laughs> but uh, i actually i'll tell you what i do have that i think again i think is good but i don't know is one of those loomy Clocks? Have you seen those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So kind of gradually. So when I go to sleep, it gradually sort of dims down, and then about half an hour before my alarm goes, it's like a sun mini sunrise. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, that you know, it would make sense if that's working because that would that would be stimulating melatonin yeah. um, production or, or stopping melatonin production. So that seems to be waking me up a bit more smoothly i don't feel as awful so when i occasionally i'm not in manchester and i don't have that clock and i have to wake up at the same time doing a show in london i i think i do feel worse i think um so you're gonna have to start bringing it home yeah, to London yeah, yeah, at the weekend yeah. or buy another one of these bloody clocks uh, <laughs> um, uh avoiding caffeine um before you go to sleep i mean that's fairly yeah. obvious avoiding nicotine avoiding alcohol um uh managing your stress all sort of like, you know what I mean? These do feel like very obvious things. Regulating your sleep times, so as in when you go to sleep yeah, and, when, yeah. and when you wake up, if you can kind of fix those, that's helpful. It used to be said you want to avoid naps, but there doesn't appear to be much evidence. Never avoid naps is my uh, advice. That that's a problem. I mean, if you need a nap, um, have a nap. I mean, that's how I've always felt. Yeah, well, you're a free spirit, aren't you? <laughs> and also, you don't really do very much work, so it's, sort of, it's, it's an available option. Um, but there's kind of there's not there's not that much sort of conclusive research done about sleep hygiene, but it does seem does it seems to work a bit. Um, and and if you can do just some of them, it yeah. will probably help you. But there's a lot of the thing is that they just they need to do more research because a lot of it is stuff where you're extrapolating from sleep disruption studies so like you know does having caffeine immediately before you try and go to sleep disrupt your sleep yes to then saying oh okay is that a sleep hygiene recommendation then does abstaining from caffeine improve your sleep and that stuff we don't really know. yeah yeah so that's a great so there area. is a difference right okay um uh, but though, yeah so basically just be sensible all the things that you suspect will help you sleep probably will <laughs> yeah yeah definitely masturbation or sex yeah the, the one that I've really taken away is obviously yeah yeah I mean that's yeah. our big takeaway from this yeah week, big takeaway if you're going to do one thing <laughs> it's wank <laughs> Eureka is a stack production presented by me Rick Edwards and Dr Michael Brooks the production team is Andrea Lucia Peters Luke Moore and Charlie Morgan sound designed by Katie Baxter Special thanks to today's expert, Dr. Maya Shadell. If you're interested in Dr. Shadell's work and would like more information about the Good Sleep Clinic, go to www.goodsleep.clinic. If you like the show, please subscribe and rate wherever you listen to your podcast. It does make a big difference. You can also find us on Twitter at EurekaPod. Eureka is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.